Floor behind the chair. This is America. Does everybody know what time it is? Fix it radio. And it is that time. Fix it radio. KLZ 560. And appreciate. Dennis and uh, the guys handling things while I was gone had a couple of weeks off, which I appreciate him doing and handling while I was gone. So thank you, Dennis, for doing that. And uh, got several things in store for you today. And uh, yes, this is our show. This, if you're listening to a recorded show, we are here on October the 8th, just so you know. So if you're listening to a replay show, this is October the 8th. But uh, we, we play these shows in the future. Lots of information I'll give you today. Dennis wanted me to start off today with a question that had come in while he was on air a couple of weeks ago. Caller, caller called in and asked about 12-volt lighting versus just typical 120-volt lighting, which I'll get into in a moment as well. <clears throat> Any questions, by the way, that you have for us, you can always call 303 477 5600. As usual, Larry Unger answering phones today. Charlie Grimes, our engineer. You can text us to question 307 200 8222. And by the way, you can text us that at any time. I'll answer those really. I've been known to be up at two or three in the morning and answer some. So really, you text any time and I'll do my best to answer. 307 200 8222. You can call in live today. If you've got any specific questions for anything around the house, let me know. 303 303- Four seven seven five six zero zero three zero three four seven seven five six zero zero. Things I want to get into today, though, is also as you can tell from looking outside, it is that time of the year where yes, we are the uh, I guess really the second full weekend of October. But you know, given that last weekend was the first, this is really the you know kind of the you know you're in October. Let's just say it that way. We're the eighth today. And I do want to talk about how, you know, what to do to be ready for winter. We, you know, we are in Colorado and we can get, as we just saw the last couple of days, a decent cold snap. The mountains are expecting pretty decent snow this coming week, depending upon where you're at in the mountains. It is going to be down below freezing up in the mountains this week. So they're already making snow on the slopes, as you've probably seen on the news. And it's just that time of the year where we'll start talking about what to do in preparation for winter. We'll do that in the next two or three weeks here, so I'll get started today. Any questions, though, that you have specifically, what do you do to be ready for winter? Even even some drive radio questions we can answer here. What do you do with some of your small equipment, engine equipment, things like that? We can answer those as well. But before that, I did want to get into the you know, answering of the question that came into Dennis a couple of weeks ago, which was the difference between low-voltage lighting versus the 120-volt Lighting And what I will say, just to start with, is I, until recently, have never been a big fan of 12-volt lighting. Because it was, I'll just be frank, it was junk up until uh, really probably just a few years ago. Ten years ago, for example, I, you, couldn't, you couldn't have given me a 12-volt system that I would have ever used. It was all junk. Now, it has gotten much, much better. And I think the advent of just... LED lighting in and of itself, the fact that it doesn't require a lot of voltage. I mean, if you think about how much light will come out of a vehicle, a car, with the new LED lighting that's on a lot of the new cars, 
and you look at the 12-volt system that's on those, you can get some decent lighting out of the 12 volts. Now, this is something else to remember on any lighting system. Every area, every area now in the front range has, quote-unquote, lighting codes. And one thing you need to really double-check before you go and put any kind of landscape lighting in is what are the codes in your area? What do they say? What are you allowed to do, in other words? And a lot of them will dictate you know, everything from how much wattage you can use, what kind of light you can have, how many lights you can have, where can they shine, so on and so forth. Now, some of you that live out and about where you don't have that that issue, you know, you can you can pretty much do whatever you want to. But I, I will say this, and, and this is just, you know, just as a, I guess, as a native Coloradan. Is light pollution a big deal in Colorado? Well, I don't know if you want to say it's a big deal, but is it nice to go places where folks have done the lighting correctly, where it accents the house really well, and yet you can still see the nighttime sky? Yes. I also know that for security purposes, there are some of you that, you know, my, I'm one of these included, where you've got, you know, a farm or a hobby farm or something along those lines where you need extra light that you just need to have there for various reasons. You do some work outside, you've got animals, you've got different things happening where you need that extra light. And if that's you, you know what? More power to you. I fully understand where you're coming from. I'm one of those individuals. Now, I also will say, though, really quick, on that end of things, if you're somebody where you've got a a light on a pole or, uh, you know, a barn light, something like that. They have come up with, and most of you know this, but they have come up with now retrofits for even a lot of those types of lights where they're LED, they're less power consumption, that, you know, if you have a dust-to-dawn light, for example, where it's on all of the time, and when you know, anytime it's dark if it's on, you can reduce your power consumption and really how the overall light looks with a lot of the new technology that's come out. I will say that in the last, oh gosh, 10 years especially, that end of things has really, really, really improved. I mean, I mean, substantially improved to the point where anymore there's no reason to even use an incandescent light any longer. Uh, I know some folks still like the way they look and the glow of and so on. And, you know, fine if that's you that, you know, again, I'm, I'm also one of those teachers own. But there's been enough advancement in lighting on the LED side where, yes, you can pretty much go any direction you want to. So all that to say, are there good 12 volt options for your landscape lights? Yes, there is. I will also say that with any lighting that you would get into and by the way absolute electrical heating and air could help you with any of this if you need help even on the install side and just want some direction on what to do and so on you can always call them go right to fixitradio.com they're listed there it's easy you can link right up with them and just tell them you listen to fix it radio and you're interested in doing some outdoor lighting and they can help you with that on top of that they could even do some things like hey i want a 110 volt or 120 volt plug in the eve so when i run my christmas lights i you know i don't have to run extension cords and do all those sorts of things so there's all sorts of things they can do that make things really handy and and by the way those are things that i think i think uh, contractors should do more of when they're building homes but unless somebody's specking it out they really don't think about that end of things and how do i know that because i've looked at enough houses over the past several years where i can tell you that that's not the norm to have uh, an eve plug if you would 
there's not that many of you know there's not that many contractors out there that look at doing that. Most people have one or two outlets outside. You run extension cords out of that. In a lot of cases, uh, you know you got to be careful where you're running those if they're coming across sidewalks and so on. Again, you could be much safer and have things much easier even for you by just having Absolute come out and put in a couple of extra plugs in places. Or if you've got the ability to do that yourself, you know, knock your socks off. But having Eve, uh, Eve plugs. And, and if you don't understand what I'm talking about there, if you look at some custom homes especially, most track homes won't do this, but some of the custom homes will. Some, some track homes will if their owner you know, that built it requested it. You'll, you'll look up underneath the eave, you know, under where the gutter area is, the sill underneath the eave of the house. And if you look, in some cases, you'll see a outdoor, you know, weatherproof, you know, covered, uh, uh, you know, electrical receptacle that's underneath the eave whereby you can control, you know, Christmas lights or some of the, you know, what, whatever, you know, some people put things on the roof, whether it be Halloween or Christmas or whatever. Anyways, uh, whatever you're doing, you've got a full ability to run. I mean, s- some people uh, will even run, uh, depending upon your roof, and this is where Dave Hart comes in from Roof Savers, depending upon what you need, you can even run some of the heat tape on the roof if you've got some some damning that happens in the winter and so on. And again, much easier to plug those into the eave with a timer uh, or even shut on and off with an app on your phone than it is to do anything else. So that just just a side note, you can actually have that done, and that can be, in most cases that can be retrofitted. The majority of homes already have you know wiring in the eave area, anyways, attic and so on. So to you know tap into a circuit and run over to one of the eaves and put a plug in with, on Apple on Absolute's end of things isn't really that big of a deal. But one twenty versus twelve volt on the landscape lighting, especially. Again, the 12-volt systems have come a long way from where they used to be. Are they all good? No. No, I will tell you straight up. Just like uh, lighting fixtures. Are all lighting fixtures good? No. There's some really crappy, junk, Chinese, imported lamp fixtures that I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for. I'll say the same thing about 12-volt landscape lighting. Some of it's really, really good top-end Items, others are junk, aren't, aren't worth owning. Literally, they're not worth the box that they come in. How do you know the difference? That's probably the biggest question folks have is, you know, how do I know the difference? Do your research and, like with anything else, the cost will be significantly different from one set of lights to, you know, landscape lights to the other. Now, some of you will ask, well, how does this 12-volt system work, given that I've got to start somewhere with a 120-volt plug, and then I, you know, then I jump out into the 12-volt? Yes, that's exactly how it works. There is a transformer, a device that is at the end of wherever you start the lights that gets plugged into the 120-volt circuit. Either you wire it in directly or you plug right into the wall, however you want to do it. And again, this is where absolute electrical heating and air comes into play. They can, they can set that up accordingly. But what you would do is that transformer plugs into one end, and it's a waterproof, you know, weatherproof system whereby it plugs in. And most of them will have timers as to how long you want the system to run. And what I mean by that is most of them will have a timer whereby when it becomes dusk, they'll run two, four, six, eight, dusk to dawn, 
however you want to set it. Most of them have a dial where you can decide how long do you want those landscape lights to be on. Some folks will run them all night. Some folks run them until, you know, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. It just depends on your, on your situation and your security end of things and what you want to do and so on. Is landscape lighting worth it? Yes, I, I feel like it is. Can it change the aesthetics of your home? Definitely. Are there some added security benefits to it? Um, maybe. It just depends on what you're doing and where and how you're trying to accomplish things. You know, the 12-volt the lighting that they make now, again, you can get pretty much any type of fixture that you want. Uh, a lot of them are even adjustable where they can either point up, down. You can light up trees, shrubs, the house itself. Uh, you can light up, you know, pretty much anything you want to do. Now, really quick before I forget, there's also another company. They're not a sponsor. But I do know a little bit about this system. There's a company called Jellyfish Lighting. This is lighting that actually goes on the home in the eaves, and it gives you the ability to really change the look and feel of the house depending upon what's going on. So Christmas lights. A lot of folks will go out and put Christmas lights up. Well, if you have a Jellyfish Lighting System, you just you just program it, tell, it, tell you what it Tell it what you want it to have, and it will deliver that. All the different colors and so on, it's pretty much got the rainbow spectrum of colors where you can make it do whatever you want to. You can make them flash. You can make them stationary. Pretty much do whatever you want to do, and you can pretty much light up whatever you want to. Not pretty much. You can light up anything you want to. How much do those systems cost? That's not a cheap system. But for some of you that have... You know, custom homes, and you do Christmas lights and decorations, and you do different themes throughout the year, and so on. The jellyfish lighting makes things really, really nice, and it's a huge upgrade to most homes. And is it worth it? I don't own a system, a jellyfish system, so I can't answer that. But the the houses that I have seen, and we've had some demonstrations from that particular company and my company, and the, the demos and things that we have had, yes, it's, it's a pretty cool system. So just a side note, there's a company called Jellyfish Lighting where you can actually have uh, an entire system put into your home. They, I don't believe they do anything landscape lighting-wise, but you can do whatever you want to as far as the house itself goes. But back to the 12-volt system. How do you know a good one from a bad one? Again, it really does come down to price. And what I mean by that is you can buy some landscape lighting systems that are 30 40 bucks. I'm not exaggerating. They're that cheap now. Are they any good? No, they're not. One other way to look is, you know, A, look at the reviews. B, if you've got the ability to, you know, if this is something where you're going to a store and buying it, look at the, at the actual items that you're buying. How does it feel? What's the construction feel like? What does the thickness of the wire feel like? You know, how is all of that uh, done? How is it made? How is it manufactured? What's the quality of the light itself? What kind of bulbs are they using? How hard is it to get a new bulb for that system? I've seen some 12-volt systems where when the bulb goes bad, it's such a cheap system, you throw the light away or the system away and go start over because getting bulbs is extremely difficult. Some of them, the lamp is made with the bulb and everything in it. It's not even changeable. So you really have to do your research on what you're buying as to whether or not that's the system you want. And I will say when it comes to that type of lighting, you get what you pay for. They're, the higher-end systems have... You know, a full cast housing, changeable bulb. Uh, you actually mount them into whatever lands. You know, they're not just this little, you know, 
plastic stake that you push into the ground. You know, there's actually a little pole that you'd have to set down in, and then the light would go on the pole and so on. And, again, most municipalities, by the way, most cities, even counties, uh, will not allow you to put lights way up tall on a pole. If you're doing landscape lighting, you've got to keep things down you know, pretty pretty low to the ground. Even if you're trying to light up a driveway or a sidewalk, you've got to keep things pretty low to the ground. But I will say that the advancements in that world and what they now have out as to how you can light up different things, uh, very, very cool and doesn't bother your neighbor or the sky or anything along those lines. So, But again, you really do need to, before you get into any of the landscape lighting end of things, double check with what, A, if you're in an HOA, see what they say. Sometimes you'll have to get approval from them. What does your city or county say and allow? And then go from there. Because the last thing you want to do is spend a bunch of time and energy and money putting in a system that when it's all said and done, they come out and say, nope, you can't have that. Take it out. Because if you don't get this approved on the front side, that very well could happen. So if you've got questions on you know, low voltage, landscape lighting, anything along those lines, let me know. The, again, I think just biggest rule of thumb, you get what you pay for. The higher the quality, the more the cost, but the better the product's going to be and the longer it's going to last. Now, if you're just looking to stay in the home for a short period of time and you're looking to light up a few things and, you know, you're not going to be there much past three or four years, uh, you know, maybe quality isn't a big deal. Although I've seen some of these where they wouldn't even make it the entire year. I also will tell you that unless they've improved greatly in the last few years, the solar powered landscape lights are junk. They just don't work very well. Most of them won't even light up more than two or three hours, depending upon how much sunlight they've had that day, depending upon what battery pack they have and so on. So it's one of those things that you really need to check out first before you buy those as well. And I'm just not a huge fan of those. So we got lines open. Give us a call if you got a question. We'll be right back. 303-477-5600. This is Fix-It Radio, KLZ 560. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the novus link that's novus autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio want to keep making your 30-year payment but own in 15 years Want to be able to access your equity for future needs and not pay for it now? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. We have been showing Coloradans how to own their home in less time without changing their 30-year payment. Home values are at the highest in their history. Take advantage of being able to access your equity for 10, 20, 30 years without making payments now. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Worried about inflation? Everything getting too expensive? Learn how to be able to access your equity without having to refinance and pay closing costs over and over and over. Do it once, and you're good for 30 years. Affordable interest mortgage, 720-895-0500. Tired of paying too much interest to own your home? Stop. Learn how to lower your total interest cost, 720-895-0500. 
locally owned and operated since 2001, and where it's all about you is not just our motto, it's who we are. NMLS 298-191, regulated by DORA. We know the summer weather won't last forever. Getting your furnace checked before old man winter arrives can avoid costly and inconvenient breakdowns on your HVAC system. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air is offering a $59 furnace tune-up special to ensure the reliability of your HVA system before you need it the most. No wait time from the best team Denver has to offer. Schedule your $59 furnace tune-up now so you don't lose precious heat when you need it the most. Call 720-442-8842 or go to fixitradio.com today. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, You'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. If you think you need a new roof, think again. I might be able to save you thousands by adding five years of life to your existing roof with a roof max treatment. Hi, this is Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado. We specialize in helping 90% of our clients avoid a costly replacement by adding at least five more years of life to the roofs, and is guaranteed with a five-year transferable warranty. However, if it makes more sense to replace your roof due to wear and tear or storm damage, we are more than happy to do so. Yet our goal is to do everything we can to get you more life from your existing roof whether it is an asphalt shingle roof or a flat roof for both residential or commercial. Give us a call at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCo.com, and I will assess your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Mention you heard this on KLZ 560 to receive your $250 fall discount. And we are back. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening to one of our replay shows, we appreciate it very much. You can still text us a question, by the way, even during a replay, 307-200-8222, and I'll get that answered as soon as I can. Jerry and Greeley, what's going on today, sir? Hi, John. I've got some out of the ordinary. Uh, the, um, the shutoff for the sprinkler system is in their basement. Okay. And then so the copper pipe rises, oh, let's say, three feet vertically out of the, uh, in the basement wall mm-hmm. and then, then penetrates horizontally right. just above, above the slab outside, and that's where the vacuum breaker is. And so uh, the vac- from the vacuum breaker downstream, it's a simple matter to blow it out, but then there's a few feet upstream where the only thing I can think of 
is to uh, use a shop vac to try to try to evacuate. Those no, typically, typically on those, Jerry, there should be. Now, if not, this would need to be looked at. But typically, on the shutoff in the basement, they put a little petcock where you can actually take the cap off and you know put a little bucket underneath there, and the water that's in that pipe all the way up to the backflow will run all the way downhill into that little bucket. Yeah, they they don't have that. Okay, that that's one of the issues. So they'll need to. What really needs to happen on that to get all that out of there? Yeah, to your point, even even using a shop vac though is going to be tough because it you know it gets it gets airlocked if you would inside that pipe. You really need to release that pressure. Somebody needs to come out, a uh, plumber, somebody, and actually put a fitting at the bottom that has one of those caps on it. Yeah, yeah, I thought about sweating in a fitting. That's what or, needs to happen, uh, or even you know an air fitting where you could blow it from there all the way out. But really, just a just a petcock at the bottom is all you need. I'm surprised whoever installed that didn't do that. That's, I don't know if there's any code for that because it's just a sprinkler system, Jerry, but that's the, that's the correct way to do it. Right, right. I don't know why they – I mean, I guess here's – here's another – let me think about this for a second. You could probably – let me think about this for a minute. You could probably – this is a little more involved, but you could shut the, ho- the, the water to the house completely off. And then go open up a bunch of the faucets and shut that one off, you know, going out to the, you know, you know, go, I'm not saying that correctly. Shut, shut the breaker off outside, but leave that ball valve to the inside that's going out to the sprinkler on to where then all of that water would drain back down into the rest of the pipes and such. Uh, you know, because you know how that works. You've you got no pressure in the rest of the pipe. Then shut that off before you turn the water back on in the house. And you could see if there's any water left in it that way. Hmm. Yeah, that would be worth a try. It'd be it'd be easier than trying to sweat a new fitting in. Sure. <laughs> you know, I mean that's you know not that that's not hard to do because you can still shut the water off there and do it. But if you didn't have to and you could do it this way, then it's just you know it's an extra five or ten minute step, but not a huge huge issue. Yeah, that's a good idea. You could try that and see. I mean, otherwise, I think what you'd have to do is do a a shop vac with some sort of a small you know plastic tubing on it where you could really put it down there but even then you've got to figure out how to get into the you know you've got to take something apart up above to even get into the pipe to suck it out right right the vacuum breaker correct i mean either way at that point you're you're taking something apart you might as well go to the bottom and sweat a new fitting in and be done with it yeah okay well thanks for that um the other question is for my system which i installed myself many years ago and um I I buried it pretty deep. I'm I'm about a foot down. Okay. But um I've had three winters where even though I blew it out as extensively as I could, I've got a 60 gallon shop back or mm-hmm. a um yeah, shop air out in the garage. Right. Um you know, I'd blow and blow till nothing came out. I I must have had some water left behind in low spots because I've had three cases where uh, the pipe cracked and it's always at the bottom of the pipe in, in different spots. Um, and I did some research, and I, I found a couple of write-ups where um, these fellows were claiming that even though the vast majority of the water is out of the pipe, the poly pipe in my case, uh, that the the ice can basically grip the interior of the of the pipe and and then expand laterally, and, and that's why these cracks form on the bottom. So, so instead of the way I would instinctively visualize it is, is the pipe needs to be full so that when the ice expands, it breaks something. But these guys are saying no, that 
if there's just a little pool of water in the bottom of the pipe, it, it sort of like embeds in the wall of the pipe and, and can still spread it enough to break it. I don't know that I've ever seen that, but that doesn't mean it couldn't happen. I mean, I'm not, I don't know that I'm, I'm um, qualified to argue with them, Jerry, because I personally haven't seen what they've seen. I, I suppose that's possible. Typically here in Colorado, you know, if you're a foot down, we don't. That that's pretty amazing to me. We typically don't get much uh, freezing. You know, we our frost line doesn't go that deep. Is my point. So we, that's 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 unusual. It must be north side of the house or something along those lines. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, that's you know, you're right. That's uh, I was stunned also, but but that's what I've experienced. I mean, the only uh, other thing to do, I do know this, that when you're running that air, and this is probably something we should talk about. I was going to get into sprinkler uh, blowouts and that anyway, so we might as well talk about it now while you're with me. It's a great segue. Uh, what, what a lot of folks uh, miss is it takes more time than you think to blow the system out. And, of course, as you know, you need to blow it out one zone at a time. So, you know, you apply the air, and then you would go through and cycle your clock or, or manually open the valve, however you want to do it. It doesn't make any difference how you do it one way or the other, but as long as that valve's open... And you've got to let that run for, I would say, Jerry, and if you're doing it, then we, we have to figure something else out here. But if you're not, that, that probably needs to blow out for a good five minutes each zone. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I do it over and over and over till, till nothing comes out. I can't. Um, the, the only thing that could be happening is, you know, water throughout the year as we get the the, you know, just the moisture, rain and snow and so on. I wonder if it's running back down the head and getting back down in the pipe somehow. That that would be the only other thing I could think of. Is if you're blowing everything out, there shouldn't be anything left in it. Oh, I never thought of that. We, we've got a head that's either below the surface where there's water, you know, running back down in it that way. It's pooling up in a particular area and collecting water. That's the only thing I can think of, Jerry, because otherwise it shouldn't be. Right. Yeah, that's a possibility. So, you know, it, where we're getting, we're blowing it out fine. You've got all that dialed in, and you're getting water back in. And the other thing you could do in that, is it just one head that, you know, one area that does this every year? Well, no, there have been uh, two spots. Okay, those two spots, they do make self-draining, you know, valves where when there's no pressure, it, it opens, and the water that would be in there is relieved. You could put a couple of those valves just in those areas where they've been breaking and probably fix it that way as well. That way, if any water does come back down, it, it goes right back out. Drains into a little gravel pit. Correct, underneath. correct. Right. You could do that in those two areas that you've been having issues with. That's a good idea. And do that, and that, and that way, you know, basically it's a self-drain. Can I can I run one other? Sure. Thing no, this is, this is great. This is a great conversation. A lot of a lot of other folks listening probably have run into a similar thing. So you bet it's all fine. Well, um, in my neighborhood, we've got unusually high static pressure, 100, 105 psi. Wow, that is high. Yeah. yeah. But um, so after I first put this system in, I you know, I just read a little bit about it. I didn't really know what I was doing, but but the first time I went to winterize it. Um, I figured, okay, I've got 100 PSI water pressure in the summer. I'll just hit it with 100 PSI of air pressure to blow it out. And I, I can't explain the physics or the fluid dynamics, but, but what I've learned is I, I blew heads doing it that way. Yes, much. yeah, that's way more. It, as you know, it's not exactly the same as that water pressure. The air pressure is not the same as the water pressure. Yeah, I've learned I have to start low and work my yes. way up. Yes, that is correct. And I've, I've seen, for some of my neighbors, when they hire one of the guys with the big uh -huh. trucks, you know, the tanks. Big compressors, around, yep. 
that sometimes they've had their heads blown because those fellows start out too high. Yeah, no, in fact, what you should do is just, you know, even, even on one of the big compressors like that, you would crack the air going into the system, and as it starts to get things more opened up, then you can run more air into it and, and allow it, and you could do the same thing. You just crack that, you know, so you basically are holding some of that pressure back and you're, you know, letting it open up as things start to, to progress is probably the best way for me to say that, Jerry, you would apply more pressure and more pressure at that point. Okay. That's how you're supposed to do And, again, that's – for most people, they don't have enough air pressure where that's a big issue. Only when you've got, you know, enough compressed air, which you're unique, you do. A lot of folks don't have. Uh, typically, it's not a big issue for most people. And, and quite honestly, Jerry, a lot of the modern – I've said this for years. A lot of the modern systems, if they're installed correctly, they've got the drain back valves in them like I just talked about with you in certain areas and so on. I'll be quite honest. There's no need to blow one out. It's probably the biggest waste of money most people spend money on every year. Now, you have to know your system and know how it was installed and so on. But if it's been installed correctly, I'll be honest, I've lived in homes, uh, even the current home I have now, rarely ever blow it out. Mm-hmm. And, and I've heard um, several other people say the same thing. I'd, I mean, I water in the winter, so I don't blow mine out. Because I water in the winter. If, we've get a, if we get a you know, two- or three-week spell where we've got 60-degree you know, days, I water. Well, and, and um, yeah, you know, so that, that's another reason I was shocked at, at the times I've had lines crack, you know, buried lines. Yeah, I, again, I, I would look more at having some automatic drain valves in those areas. And all, honestly, Jerry, in your case, if everything's installed right and you've got those in the right spots, you drain the backflow out because as, as that will freeze, as you know. That one has to be drained even if you start it up in the winter and then shut it back down. You just start that and then shut that back off. But or, or insulate it really well in between days when you're watering or what have you. And that's something we can get into in the wintertime as we get, you know, further down the road here in the show. But, but bottom line, I mean, really, if, you, if everything else is installed correctly, all you really need to drain is the backflow valve itself. And, and yeah, I've known people who had luck doing that, you know, had good luck. I, I'll be honest, I've never owned a home yet where I, did, where I had to blow it out. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that comes down to how's the system been installed and all of that. And for those of you listening too, that's with poly pipe. If you're using PVC, you you know you typically with PVC always have to blow them out, Jerry. Right. You're gonna any, any amount of water in PVC, you're gonna have problems. Right. More brittle. Or that's more right. Flex. That's right. That's exactly. Has no flex to it at all. I'm surprised you're. I'm really surprised your poly pipe's breaking. Well, I I have been too. So. Because that that's not norm. I'll be honest. R- rarely does poly pipe split. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. Maybe I got some defective poly. Well, I sure. you very well could be, and and it, as with everything, there is higher quality poly pipe. You know, it's just like anything else. You can buy the poly pipe at Home Depot, or you can go buy poly pipe at the commercial sprinkler store locally, and and there is a difference between those two. Well, I went the uh, Home Depot route, so maybe that's part of you. The probably issue. don't have as heavy a poly pipe as you would normally get with a regular, you know, uh, you know, the pipe that's coming out of the the sprinkler uh, warehouses and so on. Right. Okay. Well, I appreciate Good questions, advice, Jerry. Guys. No, that's perfect. I was going to get into that anyway, so that's perfect timing. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. 
Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. End of the season, quiet, cool, blowout. The whole house fan you know and love, but with an added benefit. With any quiet, cool purchase, receive a full furnace clean, including disassembly and cleaning of your whole furnace so you're prepared when old man winter hits. By the way, that's a $300 value. That's the last thing you want to do is circulate all that dust through your clean home that's been sitting in your furnace when you fire it up for the first time. Call 720-442-8842 or go to fixitradio.com today. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. With rates on the rise, how do you get the best rate? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Did you know that when you get cash out or your FICO score is below a 740 or you're financing a condo versus a single family home, it will cost you more in rate and fees. Many lenders are charging more. Stop paying it. At Affordable Interest Mortgage, we have lenders that don't charge. Trying to purchase a second home or is your loan amount considered a high balance or jumbo? There they go again, charging you more. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Let us show you a loan that doesn't charge more. Seeing a low rate but not reading the small print, only to realize all the extra costs and fees? Again, stop. Call 720-895-0500. Affordable interest mortgage. Quit paying fees and closing costs that are unnecessary. Get a low rate without all the extra costs. Let us show you how to save thousands. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable interest mortgage. 720-895-0500. Serving Coloradans for over 20 years. NMLS 298191, regulated by DORA. If you think you need a new roof, think again. I might be able to save you thousands by adding five years of life to your existing roof with a RoofMax treatment. Hi, this is Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado. We specialize in helping 90% of our clients avoid a costly replacement by adding at least five more years of life to the roofs and is guaranteed with a five-year transferable warranty. However, if it makes more sense to replace your roof due to wear and tear or storm damage, We are more than happy to do so, yet our goal is to do everything we can to get you more life from your existing roof, whether it is an asphalt shingle roof or a flat roof for both residential or commercial. Give us a call at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCo.com, and I will assess your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Mention you heard this on KLZ 560 to receive your $250 fall discount. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972, and it still leads the industry in cutting-edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass 
glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all. You can trust the original Novus Pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to our website, drive-radio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass, a proud sponsor of Drive Radio. All right, we are back. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Steve Horvath from Geno's Auto Service, who will be with me in Drive Radio, is joining us as well. So good, good morning, morning, Steve. Good morning. Always, always like to see your smiling face. So, <laughs> Mark and Wiggins, what's up, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. I've got uh, two comments and a question. Sure. Uh, so going back on the uh, – you were talking about landscaping, lighting, yes. uh, trying to come up with a, with a viable solution. I just wanted to second your comment that – those LED uh, type landscape lights that you would use with the stick are a complete waste of money. Yep. I tried for about two years now trying to get my yard to look pretty cool and, and use those. And I, I figured out that, you know, just like you said, the charge doesn't last long. Nope. Um, through the through the cycles of weather, the, the batteries and the connectors They're junk. Corrode, They're just junk. And then, and then they just don't work. They don't. And you're so right. You're trying to fix it. So for the money, don't even waste your time or even look at it. Just pass it and keep on looking for the 12 volt or 120. There you go. But um, I, I like the Eve idea with the plugs. I haven't done that yet. So it works out I, really yeah. well. I've had a couple of homes where, uh, you know, that was that was done not by me, but it was done prior to that by either previous contractor, homeowner, whatever. And I will tell you, Mark, once you have them. Uh, I, any home I own down the road, I will make sure they're added. I, for whatever reason, whether you're doing Christmas lights or anything else, just having that outlet there is so handy. Right. Yeah. So I just – the other thing I wanted to comment on was uh, you're having um, Dave on there's ad for uh, the Roof Max treatments. Yes. Um, you know, we had – Probably the worst winds this spring that I've ever experienced in my life in Colorado since yep. I've lived here since 1991. That was just yep. horrendous. I mean, it was like hurricane. Force, sure was. You know, between 40 to 70 miles an hour winds, you know, just brutal. And uh, in the spring, I would come out and find shingles all over the place in my yard, in the front yard, in the street. I'm like, man, is that my roof? I sure hope not, because I had Dave come out two years ago and treat my roof, and not a single one of my shingles was missing. Oh, it's it your was neighbors. From all the neighbors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know what, Mark? I can attest to the same thing. We went through. I'm on the west side of town, and you had those winds double it for what I had. We were over 100 miles an hour on the west side of town, and and I had a couple little things where Dave came out, not some flashing, not no shingles did I lose, but a couple of flashing things he came out and fixed after that hellacious windstorm we had and yeah i likewise i i fared well and i could look around even the the houses that are across the street from me and yeah there was mission you, you could see the black mark shingles missing and so on and yeah i was i was in great shape so it, it, it does work mark it does i'm really appreciative yep. of dave kind of and, and, here, and here's real quick miles. for everybody listening the reason it does mark you know this but for those of you listening that don't the reason it works is what his coating does is it makes those shingles more pliable and in turn, Mark, it kind of rejuvenates that that stickiness that they have to one another to where everything is holding down on the roof better. And if things do start to move around at all, they're more pliable, so they're not just going to be brittle and break off. It's pliable enough to where nothing comes flying off the roof. That's what it does. 
To me, it's like uh, putting lotion on your hands. Correct. There you go. <laughs> you know, exactly how to dry, you know, yes. how your yes. hands get yeah, so hard and dry. Yeah, great, yeah, great analogy. Yes. So I do have one question, yes. and that's this. You have a just recently in the last, I don't know, five, ten minutes, you had one of your ads that talked about the quiet, cool system for yes. Absolute. Yes. And, and then a uh, heating uh, furnace upgrade to clean out the furnace of all the dust prior to firing up the furnace. So my question is this. In my system, my air handler runs summer and winter. So you use it for the air conditioning and for the heater in the furnace in the, in the wintertime. So therefore, when you're saying that you're blowing off all the dust from the furnace side of things into your house, how is that possible if it's been running all year long? Well, because the furnace, keep this in mind, the AC has been running, the condenser has been running, you know, the evaporator has been running inside the furnace. And you look, everything outside's running. Of course, it runs to the inside. That's the way a system at home works versus a, well, car's not much different. It's a very similar system. You've got everything else out in front of the radiator, which in the case of a home, you've got that all outside where the fan mechanism and the compressor pump is actually outside the house. That runs everything inside to the evaporator. That's in the upper part. So keep in mind, the evaporator is above the furnace in the ducting itself. That's where you see the copper tubes going in. And even with that, right. Mark, you haven't run the furnace, which means it, it's why every time you start the furnace up the first part of winter, if you haven't serviced it, you always f- kind of smell this funky smell. The reason is because yeah. all of the dust and things that have gotten on the burners, the first time you fire up those burners, it's burning all that off. Ah, okay. So it's what's on the burners. That's that right. Smelling. That's right. And, and what they're yeah. doing as well, and I, I should have mentioned this, what... What Absolute's doing is not just coming out and blowing all that off. I mean, they're checking to make sure the flame is correct. There is settings where you can change the flame to make sure it's burning at the, you know, the optimal way it can so that you're getting the most efficiency out of that furnace that you possibly can. Really quick, too, I need to mention this. And I didn't know this until earlier this week. I apologize. I should have been checking this before now. And I should, I'll have Absolute on here in a few weeks to talk about this. There are... Some new SEER ratings coming out for 2023. So those of you that are thinking about doing any kind of upgrades or even fixing of a current AC system, even though I know we're heading into the time of the year where AC isn't going to be a big deal, the cost to move into the new settings, Mark, the new requirements heading into 2023 are going to be probably 20 to 30% higher than they are now. So for all of you listening where you've thought about doing any kind of upgrades at all, now is the time to do it because January 1st, everything's going to go up in price. Is, is that referring to the SEER rating? Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Now? Yes. They're making, oh. they're, they're making the requirements for efficiency go up across the country. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank the government for that's another that's one of these. We can go thank the government for it. Yeah. But anyway, I, I want to make sure that you, you're, you're a perfect segue. I was going to mention that in my, in my notes today to mention I had a, a caller uh, text her earlier this week say, hey, did you know about these new requirements? I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, kind of. I kind of forgot about it, but they are coming due. They will be now in effect January 1st, 2023. Well, I guess we'll look forward to that. Even though I just had my system, uh, it, it actually warranted out. It, it failed. Good. Uh, was making some pretty pretty horrendous noises. Good. And the company that came out said, no, this system's still under warranty. Um, and they took care of it, awesome. and it's all ready to go. Perfect, so I'm, I'm perfect. I'm totally pumped and not have to worry about it. But but the reason why I asked that question was because I, I remember in a, a, our last home, 
the the fan blower, I guess it's called, that takes the exhaust and pumps it out the roof had failed. Yeah. And so I guess I would assume that when that kicks on prior to the burner igniting, that that would suck any dirt or dust off of the burners. But you're saying that you're still going to have that yes. residual throughout the year and then and then you will smell that and that's where that smell comes from. That's where from. that smell comes from first time first time you fire up your furnace exactly. beginning of the year that's where that smell's coming from. Yep. Exactly. That makes sense. Perfect. Yep. Thank you so much guys. You're Appreciate very you sp- you know, Mark, thank you. By the way, great, great universal <laughs> thank you. Great universal question for everybody listening that applies to everybody out there and I again I did want to make sure I mentioned that yes, the the ratings on the air conditioning side of the fence are changing January 1st and I don't have them exactly in front of me. I can probably pull them up here and see. Uh, it depends on what region you're is as to what they're going to change. So, and it's but the Freon's not any different. The same. It's just the efficiency is. of the of the, the unit has to be that that much better. That yeah, the sear rating is is increasing. So I mean, I understand that thought process by it, but every time they do that, it raises twenty to thirty percent. Yeah, that's hard. Raises the cost. Yeah, it's, it's no different than the automotive world where we went from each type of Freon, and then that means the system changes, and that means when we go to fix the system, the components are more money, and and you're paying for that in the price of the car when you buy it. You don't really realize it. True. That's why cars are eighty thousand. That's right. It's not like a house where you can retrofit some of these things. I mean, you can still retrofit AC into most vehicles, but let's face it, most everything on the road today's got AC already on it. That's not. It used to be really popular back in the day to take a non-AC car and mm-hmm. put ac on it but that those days are pretty yeah, much gone you don't gone. do that anymore but well, you know we just had to buy the new yf one two three four or yeah, new freon new, the new freon so that requires new equipment yep all the stuff it takes to work yep. on those because that's becoming more how, how many vehicles now are running the new freon not that not that much they're there it's still a little bit but it catches you you know so you'll say oh well, let's do a, a compressor's bad and you're like oh shoot i forgot you know and, yep. it, and it's but the recharge is twice yeah, you know it's like one hundred and eighty dollars or one hundred fifty dollars for the one three four, and now it YF one two three is you know twice that. Well, gives yeah. it the machine takes out longer, and the stuff is expensive. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. everything you know, yeah, it just all goes up in price. Yeah. Exactly, supply and demand. I got a few. We got oh seven or eight minutes left of the show. I do have a few more things I wanted to give you guys as far as tips when it comes to getting ready for winter. Now, Mark just took some of that from us, which is fine. Mark, thank you very much. Actually, Jerry and Mark, both you guys hit on two topics I was going to mention today. One, servicing all of your outdoor faucets and making sure that your your uh, irrigation is shut down properly. All that stuff is handled. So we went over that with Jerry from Green a little bit earlier. Mark just mentioned the furnace side. If you have hot water heat, now typically those are running... To Mark's point, when you have hot water heat, you're running your boiler almost all the time anyways because you're still heating water to take showers and cook and do all the other things that you do. So it's not quite the same, although they do require some maintenance as well. Most of your uh, modern boilers have a you – because know, they're so efficient, they've got this – how am I sure I explain this correctly? Every type of heating and or cooling system produces condensation. And particularly when it comes to hot water heat, you know, the boilers, they're so efficient now that they literally have a water drain that comes out of the unit. The problem is it's very toxic water that's coming out of the system because keep in mind, it's been through the boiler where it's had, you know, carbon monoxide and other things, you know, along with it. So it's a very toxic water that's coming out of the boiler in turn. They don't let that just run back down into the sewer and or your septic system. They filter that. And if you look at any of you that have hot water heat, 
you'll notice that you've got like this canister, this clear canister with like these white rocks inside of it. And they're a particular type of rock that's put inside that canister to neutralize the water that I just mentioned so that when it does run down into your septic especially, but if it runs down in sewer or septic, it's not as caustic to the system, especially those of you that have septic tanks. And so one of the things that you need to do this time of year, those of you that have hot water boilers, is make sure that that has been serviced. Even though it's been running all, winter, you know, all summer long, it will not run as much as it's going to run now as we head into the winter months. So we want to make sure, and by the way, something I'm going to do on my cabin uh, yet tonight or tomorrow as I run up the hill is that very thing. Because those those will get, not necessarily plugged up, but they just get gunked up. They're, they're, you'll see it. It's kind of got this rust color to it, and they just get all nasty. And eventually, you know, you can clean those out a certain amount of times, but eventually you've got to, you've got to replace this big sort of uh, cheesecloth rock-filled sock that goes inside of that tube, if you would. Uh, but those things also need to be serviced. And for those of you that don't want to do that yourself, that is something that absolute electrical heating and air can do because they do work on hot water heat systems as well. So they work on boilers. A lot of HVAC companies only handle a furnace-type setting. They don't do the hot water boilers. And what I learned you know, several years ago from Absolute and one of the guys that came out is there's good hot water boiler guys, and there's some not-so-good you know, I should call them cold water, you know, boiler guys out there is what I should say, you know, because it's, it's it's hot water that comes out cold that goes in, of course. Uh, I learned a lot when it came to boilers. For example, the boiler has to be set properly to where it even is heating that particular zone with the right temperature of water coming out of the boiler, depending upon what you're looking for the system to do. And it heats the water going out to the zones different than it heats the water going into your storage tank that you use to take a shower with. So there's all sorts of intricacies in a hot water system that a lot of folks don't understand. And if you don't have a repair person that really understands everything I just said, they're lost. It's like a monkey reading a roadmap. And I've seen some of those guys, by the way. So just food for thought, if you've got a hot water heat system, which, by the way, is becoming more and more popular. It's funny. That was a system that was very popular back in the day. You know, a lot of schoolhouses and big buildings had oh, radiators. Yeah, remember the schools. Yeah, yeah, they had radiators. You know, everything yeah. was drawn off this big boiler someplace. And, and Some, an East Coast thing. Sometimes it was run off coal or oil or whatever. And, it, yeah, it was an East Coast thing. It spread its way out this way. And it was really, really popular back in the day. And then it kind of went away to where people started using furnaces and the gas-forced air heat and so on. Well, believe it or not, because of the... PEX tubing and the fact that you can now put the radiant heat in the floors itself. There's a lot of newer homes now that are made with radiant heat where the heat is coming out of the floor, not an event. And frankly, the comfortability of that versus what's coming out of a vent, really it's good, yeah. very, very comfortable. It, It's not... I don't know how to describe this, Steve. It, It's... There's no air blowing yet. Everything is warm. It's a warm type heat it's 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 more comfort i guess you could say than than the air that's blowing out of say a furnace well you're heating a mass especially in the floor you're heating that whole mass area and it, it just radiates through correct that. yeah correct and, and and does it work fantastic the downside is if you're in an area where you need heat and air conditioning both well now you have two complete systems and it's very expensive and it's why you only see typically the the hot water heat now nowadays on more of the higher end homes but it's becoming more and more popular even on just regular homes especially homes where 
You may be situated in a place where you can put a quiet, cool type system in or an attic fan to where you can draw all of your cold air in in the mornings when we still have our cool summer nights and you can get the house cooled down. If you don't need air conditioning, and there's a lot of homes that are built that way now, where you're able to handle everything just with the radiant floor heat in a way you go. So anyways, there's there's a lot more. Make sure I say this. It's making a comeback. Hot water heat has made a comeback is what I'm getting at. Especially in the mountains Correct. where you don't need the cooling as much, or if ever. <laughs> if ever. Yeah. And, and that's where the, and the hot water heat makes things just so much more comfortable. Yes. So that's becoming, and it's actually more efficient, works works better, doesn't take as, as much energy because once that hot water is heated, typically it's in a tank and it's being circulated and... It, anyway, it's just a very efficient way to heat your home. So just a side note, those of you that may have hot water heat systems or you know boilers, if you would, uh, radiant heat systems, yes, we have an answer for you on that, that, somebody that can work on that. Actually, the folks at Absolute are very, very good at that system and understand it very well, and they can help you with all of that. I should give their number out really quick. I'll do that. 720-442-8842. Anything you need from Absolute. Any other sponsor, by the way, that we have that we've talked about today, Dave at Roof Savers of Colorado, any of those folks at all, they're all on the website, fixitradio.com. Stay tuned, though. Drive Radio's coming up next. Get all your car questions ready. Myself and Steve will be right back. This has been Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.